0: Well, hello, friends. Grace and peace of our Lord and Savior Christ Jesus be with you. Welcome to Sermons from the Mount podcast. My name is Pastor Mark O'Neill. I currently serve as the pastor of Mount at United Methodist Church in Manio, North Carolina. Each week we will post here audio recordings of the sermons that I preach from that church. Hope this one is a blessing to you. God bless. Take care. Well, friends, our gospel lesson this morning and our sermon text comes from Luke it is the sixth chapter, we'll take a look at verses 17 through 26. So again, this is Luke chapter 6, verses 17 through 26. It says, and he came down with them and stood on a level place. Nine times out of ten in the Gospels, who is he? with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all the crowd sought to touch him, for power came out from him and healed them all. And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. My friends, this is the word of God for you and I, the children of God. Thanks be be to God. God. I think I've mentioned before... um, In worship. There was a time when I was deeply interested in American politics. I was a political science major at Carolina. I've always been fascinated, particularly with the campaign aspects of politics. I even ran one of my own back in 2007 when I ran for a seat on the Burlington City Council. Turns out that I was not as popular as I thought I was. but I've always been particularly interested in presidential campaigns, and I've read any number of books on the subject, watched any number of programs on the subject, and this week, as I was getting ready for today, my mind drifted back to the presidential campaign of 1992. Some of you may remember then, the incumbent was the Republican president, George H.W. Bush, and he ran against the Democratic governor of Arkansas, a guy named Bill Clinton. But you also may remember that there was a third candidate, an independent candidate from Texas named Ross Perot. It's not necessarily unheard of for there to be an independent or third party candidate. It's happened before, you've had Ralph Nader, John B. Anderson, George Wallace, even Teddy Roosevelt. But what was rare, at least in the age of modern presidential politics, is that Mr. Perot polled well enough to be included in all three of the televised presidential debates, which also meant that his running mate, Vice Admiral James Stockdale, got to participate in the vice presidential debate with Dan Quayle and Al Gore. Now I'm not sure how many of you even watched that debate back in 1992, I'm not sure how many of you remember anything about that debate in 1992, But you might remember, above anything else, that Vice Admiral Stockdale began his opening statement with this. Who am I? Why am I here? Who am I? Why am I here? And granted, that was kind of the high point for him in that debate. It was kind of downhill from there. But those two questions, who am I? Why am I here? I think are two of the most important questions that you and I can ask ourselves. During my research this week, I came across a commentary that spoke about a Dutch Catholic priest named Henry Nouwen. He's written a number of books, he's given a number of sermons. Many of you have probably read some of his writings. But at the center of his life's work was a desire for all of us to know our identities as the beloved children of God in his opinion and I agree with him here is that when we are asked the question who am I we oftentimes ask that question in one of three ways I am what I do I am what other people say about me and I am what I have I am what I do I am what other people say about me I am what I have or even what I don't have I think if we are honest about ourselves, all of us have answered that question of who am I in one of those three ways at some point in our lives. At least I know that I certainly have. Which brings us to Jesus and his sermon on the plain. Now, in our text today, Jesus comes down from the mountain where he has been praying all night. And where he has gathered his disciples and has appointed them to be his apostles. Now, the difference there is disciples are those that learn from a teacher, apostles are those that go out and share the learnings or the teachings they have just learned. And since you and I last talked about Jesus last week and we saw him standing in Peter's boat, preaching and teaching and helping Peter fish a little bit, Jesus has now since cleansed a leper, he's healed a paralytic. He's had a few arguments with Pharisees and scribes about fasting and about what the Sabbath really means, and he's healed a man with a withered hand. So Jesus has been pretty busy. And then after a night of prayer and rest, he walks among the crowd made up of people who have come to hear him teach and to be healed by him from up to a hundred miles away. That's where Tyre and Sidon are. And this crowd is made up of devoted disciples, interested folks who could be disciples, Folks seeking healing of one sort or another, really no different than us that have gathered here or online this morning. And it's while Jesus is going amongst this crowd and healing them and he delivers this sermon. I've always found it interesting that, it, that Luke makes it clear that Jesus was speaking directly to his disciples. It says so in verse 20, but the crowd is obviously listening in on it. And it tells us also that many of them came just to hear Jesus teach. And so what happens here is that you and I get to be part of this layered invitation available to anybody who hears or reads these words. And in these words, Jesus lists blessings and he lists woes and he names some of the very human, some of the very wrong ways that we tend to self-identify ourselves. Am I what I have? Am I what I do? Am I what people say about me? That's what Jesus lists here. Who am I? I am poor. I am hungry. I am weeping. I am rejected and ridiculed. Who am I? I am rich. I am content with myself. I am laughing about my success. I am someone who everyone admires. Again, I am what I do, be it weeping from failure or being proud of my success. I am what I have either plenty or not enough. I am what people think or say about me, either truth or lies, good or bad. And oftentimes, you and I see ourselves in this same way. And this morning, friends, I want to tell you that not a single word of that is true. Because underlying this message from Jesus of blessings and woes is a necessary understanding for you and I about connection with where our true selves lie. It's about our connection with Jesus. The disciples here in our story have chosen the right Connection. They're leaving behind all the lives that they used to know to adopt a way of life where they learn constantly from their rabbi. They have chosen to identify solely with Jesus. No longer as fishermen, no longer as a tax collector, identities as disciples of Jesus. The crowds, on the other hand, have come to hear and have come to be healed, but they have come for the moment. And as soon as that moment passes... They go back to the life that they came from. My friends, to be a disciple is to be a disciple for life. Being a disciple truly is the answer to the question of who am I? This morning, the question before us is, which one is it? Are we one of the crowd, present in the moment until you walk out of these doors and go back into the world? Or are you a disciple in it for the long haul? in it to live a life connected to jesus in it with that long obedience in the same direction because i've come to find out that the descriptions we tend to identify ourselves with become deeply rooted in us and they come to describe the connection we hold with what we believe to be true sometimes it's good sometimes it's bad these descriptions these things that we think tell us who we are, sometimes comes from our parents, sometimes comes from other family members, sometimes comes from our friends, sometimes comes from the culture around us. I wonder how many here have come to know their identity as being what someone else told you that it was. But friends, Jesus' desire for us is to know that we are the beloved children of God and he tells us that for a purpose. That purpose is so that you and I can start to live the kind of abundant life that God wants for us. That purpose is for us to truly discern and know who we are and whose we are. In other words, it is exactly the same kind of invitation we find throughout Scripture as this, an invitation to be rooted in Christ. So what we need to do is to change our thoughts about identity and how we answer the who am I question. Now, what Jesus is saying here is not that we, as his disciples, must choose to be poor or choose to be hungry or choose to always be full of mourning or to willingly seek out rejection or ridicule. Jesus is not saying that, but neither is Jesus saying that we to seek out being rich or to seek out being content with ourselves or to become callous to the needs of others when we live the good life or to be a chameleon that makes us a friend to everybody. The point that Jesus is making this morning, friends, is all about connection, about rootedness. It's about helping us as disciples know something about our identities that can help us to hold on to something when the bad times come, as well as something to remember when the good times arrive. It's about lifting us up out of the valley and bringing us down off that mountain when our pride gets to be a little too much. On both of those occasions, in all circumstances of our life, friends, we must be rooted in Jesus. That connecting piece is always Jesus. The invitation then, as it is every Sunday, is for us to come to Jesus. Because Jesus is where we come to be strengthened and straightened. To be strengthened and straightened. This morning what Jesus tells us is that in spite of having experiences of need, be they poverty, hunger, grief, or rejection, as his disciples who are connected to him, they are blessed. And not only are they blessed because they belong to him, they will experience the great reversal that is the kingdom of God as they are promised the kingdom to be filled and promised that they will laugh. Their identity, their connection, and rootedness in Christ prepares them to realize the great future that God promises all of us. When I was in Camden, a large majority of the guys that made up their men's group were current or former Coast Guard, current or former Navy, current or former Army. The manliest of men, right? And as we got together for our monthly breakfast meetings, one by one, at least those that were so led, began to share their stories to the group. And almost to a man, their stories contained brokenness, Bitterness, loss, and weeping. For some, it was a dysfunctional family growing up. For others, it was a failed marriage or two. But all of it circled back to their identity. They saw themselves as products of dysfunction, or they saw themselves as failed husbands, or they saw themselves as failed parents. Some were caught in addiction and saw their identities in that. Some had their identity tied so much into what they did Coast Guard rescue swimmers or Navy SEALs, that when they were no longer able to perform those tasks, they couldn't handle it. But each man also had a story of redemption in Christ. As each man told their story of discovering their identity as beloved sons of God, you could see the change in their eyes, the change in their hearts, the change in their minds. They told about changes in their relationship. They talked about changes in their lives. Yes, they were poor. Yes, they were hungry. Yes, they had times of weeping. But in finding their identity in Christ as his disciples, they were all able to rejoice and leap for joy. What do you lack? Bring that to Jesus. What are you hungry for? Bring that to Jesus. What makes you weep? Bring that to Jesus. Who has told you that you are worthless? Bring that to Jesus. Who has told you that you don't matter? Bring that to Jesus. Bring that to Jesus and be strengthened. That's part one. Notice the implied connection that underlies all the woes that is listed here. Instead of God or instead of Jesus, those to whom these warnings all apply appear to be connected only to themselves or only to the present moment. I read any number of translations during the week to get ready for worship. Here's how Eugene Peterson's version called The Message translates verses 24-26. He says, but it's trouble ahead if you think you have it made. What you have is all you'll ever get. And there's trouble ahead if you're satisfied with yourself. Yourself will not satisfy you for long. And there's trouble ahead if you think life's all fun and games. There's suffering to be met, and you're gonna meet it. There's trouble ahead when you live only for the approval of others, saying what flatters them, doing what indulges them, popularity contests are not truth contests. What about you? Do you find your identity tied or connected solely into your accomplishments, your bank account, your home, your car, your place in the community? One of the subjects we touched upon this week in our Mere Christianity Bible study is on the issue of pride. I think that's exactly what Jesus is talking about here in these verses of woes that he lists. C.S. Lewis calls pride the greatest sin. It makes the point that what pride is truly about is the competition we feel against each other, and when we succeed, we feel superior or better. But he says, in God you come up against something which is in every respect immeasurably superior to yourself. Unless you know God as that, and therefore know yourself as nothing in comparison, you do not know God at all. As long as you are proud, you cannot know God. A proud man is always looking down on things and people, and of course, as long as you are looking down, you cannot see something that is above you. As long as you are looking down, you cannot see something that is above you. A friend of mine growing up, going all the way back to the seventh grade, when we were seniors in high school and were applying to colleges, he got into each and every school that he applied to. No matter what state, no matter public or private, he was getting acceptance letter after acceptance letter after acceptance letter. That, as you could imagine, swelled his head a little bit and affected his behavior. His mom, wanting to deal with the issue of pride a little bit, Edna, you'll appreciate this, made him apply to Duke. (laughs) Because she knew he wasn't gonna get in with the sole purpose of docking him down a few pegs. (laughs) And truthfully, he didn't get in. I can't say it necessarily did much for his ego, but it was a good idea anyway. My friends, who or what might you be looking down on this morning? Bring that to Jesus. What have you allowed your identity to be tied to that you need to let go of? Bring that to Jesus. What prideful thing do you need to rid yourself of? Bring that to Jesus. Bring those to Jesus and be straightened. Friends, this morning Jesus is telling us that our identities in Him, rooted in our connection to Him, will do two things for us. They will strengthen us and it will straighten us. It will strengthen us and it will straighten us. Who in here? does not need the strength of Jesus. Who in here does not need to be straightened by Jesus? He is inviting us to continue to, to choose to be his disciples, to be rooted in him, connected to him, rather than rooted in ourselves or our circumstances. He's laying before us the mindset that will allow us to be rooted in his truth, no matter our circumstances. Because, friends, in this world, we will have trouble. Jesus tells us that in Scripture. But thanks be to God that we are the blessed disciples of the one who has overcome the world. So this morning, friends, I invite you to step out and away from the crowd. To come to Jesus for strength, for straightening, for love, for life. Come to Jesus. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Until next time, God bless. Take care.